Welcome to Revive, the marketing podcast for manufacturers. My name is Jared Faulkner, the client services manager here at Vibe. Today on Revive, we're joined by Chad Halverson, a seasoned video producer, director, editor, and drone operator. Chad is here to discuss the importance of video as a brand asset, what the intricate process looks like, and what you should do with your fancy new video once it's completed. Chad, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jared. It's great to be here. Of course. Start off, can you please provide a little background on yourself and why you have such a strong passion for brand assets like video and photography? For sure. At an early age, I was always interested in movies, TV, commercials. We grew up having an eight millimeter camera and I would, you know, film shorts with my brother and my younger uncle and my family members and made a bunch of dumb movies as a kid. And then by the time I got into high school, I started working at a movie theater and I got to college and I got there and I didn't like what I picked, which was criminal justice. So the same day I started college, I switched over to being a film major. And then today I find myself in a position where I've been freelancing for seven years. I've worked with multiple agencies before that. And I have a production company that's currently filming a feature in LA and I'm a stay at home dad and my wife works from home and makes all the money. <laughs> well, I, I tend to actually find that more people I run into went for criminal justice as I did and then transitioned to a new career path. So I find it interesting that you did as well. Yeah, it only took one day, <laughs> like one class. <laughs> like, nope, I'm good. Well, you you definitely beat me there because it took me about two years at the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office before I decided to make a, a, a decision. Gotcha. Happy to hear uh, you both found success enjoying what you're doing, and your wife being the breadwinner, that is. Now, for the audience that has taken the time to invest in creative video pieces or custom photography, could you please explain why a manufacturing business should dabble with video versus traditional print or digital ads? Yeah, I mean, video has been around forever now. Like when I started out, video was just starting to become mainstream. And I, I mean, I went to college editing on reel to reel film. And by the time I got out of it, it was dead. Uh, but considering within the past 10, 15 years, sites like YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Vimeo, all of them, they've made it super easy to share videos. You don't have to pay money to a local affiliate or a national affiliate to get your 30-second spot on. There's less rules without having the FCC barking down your back. And if you're thinking, hey, Chad, I made my video back in, like, you know, 1998, and it's just fine. And I don't mean to be mean about it, sir or ma'am, but your video is old. And if you're not updating, like, a good main video for your brand every five years, it's going to get really stale. I agree. And, and looking back on some of the things that I've done and Vibe's done like five, maybe even a week ago, sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, how do we, how do we make that? What happened? What were you thinking? Yeah. So I, <laughs> I completely understand. But I, I, I would say some of those 2007, 1999 videos are complete classics at the same time. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, there's definitely a time and place for them, but think about how many machines that you probably bought or new employees that you have, you know, those videos get stale really quick. Exactly. Correct. And I know there are a lot of pre-planning and preparation that goes into producing and delivering a video. Can you speak a little bit more about the process and what a shoot day may actually look like? Yeah. No matter uh, what your scope or budget is, the more information you can give me before the shoot day, the better. Uh, Sometimes a location scout is needed to map out 
how the shoot day is going to go, how it's going to flow. And there's always meanings to discuss tone, look, et cetera. Like, do we want this to be a tour of your facility or are we going to interview people and have them guide us through the tour? So there's 101 different ways to make a video. What's nice about Vive is they assist a lot with the pre-production phase because a lot of times I have to do that by myself with different clients. And Vive is a nice buffer where they can, I can be like, here are all my things that I need. And if I can have a partner that takes care of the minute stuff that I don't have to think about, it makes my day so much easier. When we get to the actual shoot day, we're looking at eight to 10 hours of me running around in your facility, sweating like a madman, shooting footage. There may be interviews or specialty shots, but basically I roam around grabbing uh, in the biz, what we call B-roll. When we've agreed that the day is over, I'll take all that footage home, edit it. We'll go back and forth on edits. And then I hand you off the final copy. Mm-hmm. And, and tell me if I'm wrong, Chad, but I think you can actually get some classic blooper reels from those unedited B-roll footage. Oh, totally. Totally. But does the client actually want a big oopsie doodle on their uh, on their brand video? I, I don't think so. But but I have a lot of clients that will, will request like, hey, can you make a blooper video? So Yeah, those are kind of fun to show with the team. Mm-hmm. So this production day seems to be quite the haul. But is there something in particular that the client should have prepared to help support your process? Yeah, the easiest and hardest thing to do is to clean the manufacturing floor, free of any labels, clients, products you don't want on camera. I know normally a facility has to keep clean, but sometimes things pile up in the wrong corners and it makes it unsafe. But most of the time I go to these facilities, they're pretty clean. But then I'll run into an issue where somebody has a Pepsi bottle. When I'm doing everything all at once, I'm not necessarily thinking about all the things in frame. I'm trying to get the main focus. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I may miss the Pepsi bottle or a bag of chips or it, it just happens. So keeping the area clean where you know I'm going to shoot is just going to make it a lot easier in the long run. Another thing that helps me out is to kind of give me a safety briefing. I'm normally pretty safe, uh, wear steel-toed boots, glasses are normally required on most uh, floors. I've had some companies not care if I had them. I've had some companies where I walked in, they're like, here's our safety person. They're going to be with you the entire day. Have fun. Uh, For me, I I like more of the middle where like, I don't need to be babysat. Like if you need to take me through and be like, hey, watch out for all this stuff. Great. But sometimes having somebody be like, oh, I don't know about that. Oh, they start second guessing me doing a basic movement on the floor. So it's it's trying to find uh, that middle ground there. A final tip is to let your people know. So your employees uh, know what I'm actually doing there. Sometimes people get freaked out because I'm not shy about getting up in their face and getting some cool shots. I have a playful manner to how I work. So sometimes I can diffuse like people going, oh, what are you doing here? And I can explain myself away, but normally it's easier on the front end. If you're like, hey, there's this guy, Chad, coming. He looks like a giant guy, and but he's very friendly. He looks like a teddy bear. He, he's fine. You're fine. Unless you absolutely don't want to be on camera, let me know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to uh, let all your employees know that I'm actually going to come film. Of course. I think that's an excellent point. I think a good example would be ladies. They want to prepare for a nice hair day. And if they didn't know they're going to be on camera, they might be a little upset with their managers, I assume. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's it's a lot of things because maybe uh, Barry combs his hair a certain way if he's going to be on camera or Marianne wouldn't have worn her uh, sneakers. She would have worn something nicer. So it's it's a lot of it's a lot of different things. And again, Vive is normally pretty good at pairing the client to clean up 
to tell the employees what's going on. A lot of times I know you guys will get uh, shirts made. So everything mm-hmm. looks uniform and nice. So we're not dealing with logos on shirts or questionable content on camera. So it, again, another uh, great reason why I like partnering with Vive on videos is all the reasons I just said. Well, thank you. Yeah, we do love a nice clean look with the branded apparel uh, for those video shoots. Mm-hmm. And just so the audience is aware of the equipment expectations that you bring to these shoots as well, uh, what gear or equipment is needed or required to have a successful shoot day? Sure. It all depends on how complicated we are with the video. Sometimes it's just me and my hatchback and as much camera gear as I can fit in it um, with a few light panels. I've got a 4K kit, camera, basic stuff where I can walk into any situation and record and document and it should sound clean and look really good. Uh, but then sometimes we do stuff that requires a lot more than just me, where I got to hire uh, uh, an actual camera operator and maybe a grip to help move a lot of the different lights because we're going to do more setups instead of me running around trying to get as much as we can. Uh, a recent example, uh, we did that. Uh, Linda and I just did something recently where it was, I don't know, 10, 12 shots throughout the entire day, but we spent 30 to 45 minutes lighting, framing, coming up with blocking to make it look more curated and slick rather than just hope that we get what we want. So in those situations, I may recommend bigger cameras, more lights. We'll get a truck coming in with everything I could ever want on a small production set. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, it's all about how big you want to go. And based off of these intellectual responses you've been sharing with us, it's clear you're an expert in this field, but we all do run into our bumps in the road or a few challenges here and there. Are there any particular challenges that you tend to run into or potentially that you could run into uh, while shooting on a manufacturing floor? Sure. Every video production in the history of ever has run into a problem. Uh, Most challenges with manufacturing are safety concerns. I don't want to trip and fall into a vat of chemicals, become the Joker, the 18 uh, or the 1998 Joker. Wow. Sorry. Back up. I don't want to become the 1989 Joker. Sorry. My street cred for my Batman knowledge is going to be in question now. But anyways, I don't want to get hurt on your manufacturing floor. I want to come back and make more videos. Other challenges are normally scheduling conflicts. It's a working manufacturing floor. Things happen on year end and sometimes People who are going to be interviewed are working on something specific and they can't necessarily come right now, but they can come later. Uh, it never bothers me unless the client is bothered about a scheduling conflict. Uh, but normally I can roll with the scheduling on the fly and we can't interview Peter now, but we can get him at two o'clock. Okay, what were we, what were we going to do at two o'clock? Let's shift it over and we just make it work. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I agree with you. I, I, don't, I don't think my last day on earth should be on a manufacturing floor. (laughs) Making sure those things are taken care of. It's going to be the right way to do things. Now, although everything may go correctly on this shooting day, there is still going to be some edits required to take the video piece to the finish line. What are some tips you could provide a client uh, to improve the efficiency so it would help us get to that finish line? I'll reinforce uh, cleaning the manufacturing floor. It can potentially cost you more. If I had to spend a third of my editing time digitally removing things that could have been done on the shoot day, otherwise editing will be your savior for about 99% of the problems that will happen while we shoot. For instance, interviewing clients and employees, a lot of people aren't media trained. 
So they self-edit themselves a lot and it makes them anxious. It's easier if they just talk normally like they would. And then I can handle taking out the ums and uhs and the, oh crap, I can't believe I forgot that. Like <laughs> that's what post-production's for. Uh, another pro tip, if you're giving me digital assets like logos, pictures, anything that's going to be digital and you're going to want on the uh, 4K screen, please send me the highest resolution available. I can't animate your logo if it's like 200 pixels wide. Like it's just, it, it won't, it just won't work. And I'll either have to rebuild it, charge you more money, or we'll have to figure out something else. Mm-hmm. And like most other life scenarios, taking precaution and organizing ahead of time typically prevents those unneeded costs. I've been the recipient of finding out the hard way most of my life. So, but leading into the big question, now that we have this cool, shiny, flashy new video, now what? Well, hopefully in pre-production, we talk about where this video goes. Uh, Normally, I'm very uneasy shooting anything if we don't know kind of what the audience is going to be. It's going to be an internal uh, B2B thing, or if you're going to a conference and are showing it to a bunch of potential buyers, like knowing that ahead of time will frame how I shoot, how I edit, a, a bunch of different things. But that's the thing. So once I have the edit finished... Basically, you approve it and I hand it to you and you can either upload it and make a private link on YouTube. Like that's a bare minimum you can do. And then that way you can throw it in an email blast and do whatever. But if you have a LinkedIn page, if you have a Facebook or any, any type of social platform has a video feature now. And if you tell me, hey, these are the three platforms I want, I can take your video and format them specifically to those websites so you don't have any issues with uh, buffering uh, on the back end or the video is not a good enough quality to be on that specific site. So basically, it's wherever you want to put it, I can cater it to be put into that realm, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think everybody should take advantage of the nice new investment of a video because Everyone does stop, take a second to peek, take a second to look. They're a little bit nosy when you put it on social media. So those videos do tend to get a lot of traction. Yes. Well, Chad, if someone would like to reach out to you, maybe with some more questions or perhaps they need some work done, uh, where could they find your information or do you have any information you'd like to share? Yeah, you can contact me at chadhfilms at Gmail. I have a website, chadhalverson.com. You can go onto my LinkedIn page. You can look up my production company, Redacted Media. Like I said, we're shooting a film out in LA right now and I'm about to bring it into post-production. So hopefully we have that done and out and hopefully ready to sell by uh, October. Um, And that's, that's, and then my, the rest of my summer is just doing random gigs all over the place. Probably a few with you too. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. Well, that wraps up this episode of Revive. Thank you to Chad for joining us and for our listeners for tuning in. Until next time on Revive, the marketing podcast for manufacturers.